Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Monday, October 28th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, very exciting weekend for me personally on a few different levels. Uh, first off, I got to mention this podcast is now available on iTunes, so I'm really excited about that. It took a while to get it done, but it's on iTunes now. So to get it on iTunes, I have a link in my Twitter bio, as well as if you go to uh, maoddsbreaker.com, it'll be in the uh the page for the for the podcast uh i post it every day obviously monday to friday so check the link out there um also if you go to itunes you can search in mmaob daily podcast that should come up uh i think as the first thing so so glad it's finally on itunes guys please subscribe rate uh tune in all the time of course this podcast is always available at uh, maoddsbreaker.com and on our youtube channel so there's lots of ways to listen to the podcast. It's also available at uh, Spotify. So that's another place to listen to it. So lots of places to tune in to be talking about MMA. And the other thing I'm excited about is I'm an uncle for the first time. My sister had her first child. So it's been an exciting weekend for our family. And I'm officially an uncle. I'm pretty excited about that. So it's been a really good weekend. And of course, there was a lot of MMA too. So it was a great weekend overall. Um, I'm going to get right into it, guys. I mean, there's so much to talk about that I don't want to waste time here. So let's get right into it. I'm going to start with UFC Singapore because that was probably the biggest card of the weekend, although the Bellator cards are pretty good too. Pretty big anyways, the, the Saturday one. All right, so let's talk about UFC Singapore here. Uh, pretty good card from what I saw. I, I'll be honest, I did not wake up for some of the earlier prelims. I woke up at 8 o'clock and I watched the main card. Uh, and for what I seen and what i talked to uh, a couple other people about i didn't really miss much of the prelims so um, i'm going to kind of skip through those fights but i'll talk about the main card for sure so let's start with the main event of the evening damian maya against ben Askren. damian maya wins via third round technical submission rear naked choke uh really good fight these guys won fight of the night very very technical battle on the ground i was expecting a good fight I mean, a lot of people were saying it was going to be boring i expected a really fun fight exactly what we got uh, i did not expect this result though damian maya great performance here great submission just proved once again he is one of the greatest grapplers in MMA history and, and honestly I think a Hall of Famer one day. 28-9 record uh, in the UFC. He is 22-9, so one of the most winning fighters ever in the UFC. 41 years old and still winning fights on three-fight win streak right now. He's looked great. Uh, submitted Lyman Good and Ben Askren. Beat uh, Anthony Rocco Martin as well. You know, the sad thing about this is I keep picking against him. I don't know what's wrong with me, guys. I, I keep picking against Damian Ryan. He keeps winning. The guy looks great. And this is a fight I did not expect him to win. I did think Ben Askren would win this fight. I thought Ben's wrestling would be the difference, but Maya proved he was a better grappler. Um, just a fantastic fight. And for Maya, again, it's, it's a huge win for him. You know, he said after the fight that he only has two fights left in his, in his career. Uh, I think this win proves he's still an elite guy. Definitely a top 10 guy. But at the same time, he is 41. So I can see why he's saying he only has a few fights left. He mentioned Diego Sanchez as a possible opponent. That's a fun fight. Diego Sanchez, another guy with a lot of wins. I believe they're one and two in welterweight history with wins or something like that. Or, or you have some something like that. They're both in the top 10 for sure. I think Bisping has the most wins, but they're both up there. So definitely an interesting fight here if it takes place between Maya and Sanchez to the uh, the veterans of the sport. Um, and also, Jorge Masvidal also mentioned that he'd like to fight Davey Maya in a rematch. Of course, Maya did beat Masvidal a couple of years ago uh, in a very close fight in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. So it was a close fight, but Maya won that, and Masvidal obviously wants to run it back. And it was a pretty good fight, so I wouldn't mind seeing that one again. But you know, I think Maya can still beat a lot of guys. And he's just, he's just so classy, you know, after the event. He he went to uh, Instagram and wrote a long message thanking his fans. Any 
he was so complimentary of Ben Askren saying what a great grappler he was. And he said he'd like to train with Ben in the future. And and I think if they train together, that would help both guys, but especially Ben. I think there's a lot of things Ben can learn from Damien. You know, as good as Ben is at wrestling, I think there is some uh, holes in his submission game as we saw in this fight. So I think that'd be great for Ben Askren. Now, let's talk about Ben here. 19-2-1, no contest now in his career, but just 1-2 and two in the UFC. So he's struggled in the UFC since coming over, 35 years old now. I think probably on decline in his career uh, at this point. Still a great fighter, in my opinion, though. Definitely a top 15 guy. A lot of people are just writing him off for dead. I don't believe that for a second. I still think he could beat a lot of guys at welterweight. Don't forget he beat Robbie Lawler earlier this year. Yes, it was controversial. He still got his hand raised. Lost to Masvidal in five seconds. Crazy knockout. And then lost to Damian Maia. You know, the thing that I like about Ben Askren is... Uh, Win or lose, the guy's been in exciting fights in the UFC. You can't say this guy's a boring fighter. At one point in his career, yes, I think he was boring. Maybe like eight years ago when he was just grinding out really ugly decisions in Bellator. But if you look at his recent record, out of his last like 12 fights or something, uh, one of them's gone the distance. Like this guy either gets finished or he finishes his opponents. You can't say Ben Askren's boring. That Ben Askren's not here anymore. Like if you look at his career, um, he only has – well, he's got what, 20 – 22 fights now, only seven have gone the distance. So 15 of those 22 have actually ended inside the distance. Ben Askren's not a boring fighter. What's next for Ben Askren? It's hard to say. I mean, honestly, at this point, it, it could go either way. I think the UFC possibly could release him. I, I don't know, though, because he's still a guy that people want to see fight, win or lose. People enjoy watching Ben Askren lose. So I think people will tune in. They've obviously used him as a main event. They've used him on main cards. He's still someone that I think the UFC believes they can promote. Dana White actually made a comment this weekend. Someone said that they lost the Mighty Mouse trade on Instagram, and Dana White said, no, Ben Askren was an amazing trade for the UFC. I'll talk about that in a second. But, uh, you know, I, I think there is some value in keeping him here. But at the same time, they could let him go. He could go back to Bellator. He could go to PFL. He could retire. It's hard to say at this point. I think it really is an up and up in the air kind of situation. So I'd like to see Ben return to the UFC. I, I'm sure he has one more fight left because usually guys do sign four fight deals. So if he does have one more fight, you'd like to see him, I think, come back, fight someone, maybe a little bit lower ranked than Maya Masvidal Lawler, someone at the bottom end of the top 15, or possibly not even in the top 15, uh, just to get his, uh, just to get win again, because he needs to get back in the win column. But, you know, to me, Ben Askren is still a very solid fighter. And I think he's brought a lot to the UFC, even though a lot of people are hating on him right now. I still think he's, he's did pretty well, I think, in the UFC, even despite a one or two record. I do believe he's actually did well for the UFC just because people want to watch him fight, win or lose. Um, as far as the trade goes, it's actually been just over one year. Cole Sheldon did an article yesterday at djpen.com. I hadn't even realized it had been a year. I thought it would be a little bit less than that, like 10, 10 months or something. It's been a year since the UFC and one agreed to the trade between Ben Askren and Demetrius Johnson. Um, and at this point, it's it's got to ask who won the trade. At djpen.com, I actually have an article right now uh, with Dana White's comments. And also, we have a poll. So if you guys want to go and vote in that poll, it would be cool. I asked who won the trade, UFC? Bellator, or excuse me, one championship. Was it a win-win trade or did no one win the trade? So there's four options there. Go and check it out and you guys can give your pick for who do you think won the trade or lost the trade or if there, there was no winner. If you ask me, I, I think the UFC won the trade. I, I know that's a little controversial. Demetrius Johnson did well. He did everything that's expected of him in one. He's won three straight fights. He won the flyweight tournament. He's looked great. Everyone knows Demetrius Johnson is a great fighter. Um, there was no question about that. Even when they traded him, we all knew that he was an elite guy, a power pound kingpin, one of the greatest fighters of all time. At the same time, though, it was proven over the course of seven years that the UFC could not promote the guy for whatever reason. Um, I think there's a, that's a failure on the UFC's part. I also think it's a failure on Demetrius Johnson's part. Both guys, uh, both sides, I think, have, uh, have to blame there. 
for the reason he wasn't promoted properly and didn't become that mega star where he should have. Because if you look at his resume, there's no one better than Demetrius Johnson in the lower weight classes. No, no doubt about that. But he just wasn't able to become that big star. Whereas Ben Askren, even though he's only one and two in the UFC, I think that he's did a lot more for the UFC as far as promoting fights and generating fan interest than arguably Demetrius did in his whole career. I mean, even though he, he hasn't uh, looked good in his last two fights, Ben, People still talk about those fights all the time. Everyone talked about that Maswell fight. That's one of the greatest knockouts of all time. That's a highlight that will live on forever as the quickest knockout in UFC history. And this fight with Maya was great. And the Waller fight, controversial or not, that was a fun fight too. So, you know, Ben Askren, I think, has brought a lot to the UFC. Demetrius has been great in one. Don't get me wrong. The guy's a great fighter. But I think the UFC actually won the trade. But I'd like to hear what you guys think. So go ahead and vote in the poll. Leave a comment here if you want. Definitely curious to see what other people think. Let's talk about the rest of this card here. Uh, like I said, there was a few good fights in this card. The, the co-main event, very, very controversial decision here. It's Stevie Ray defeats Michael Johnson. Majority decision, 29-28, 29-28, 28-28. 28-28. A very close fight. Uh, you know, Michael Johnson, man, I don't know what happened to this guy. I think the move to 145 definitely was not a good idea for him. I think that did hurt his career. But, geez, he's, this is a fight he should have won against Stevie Ray. you got to win this fight, Michael. So I, I don't know what's happened to him. Very confusing career for Michael Johnson. Now. 1915 now, so just above 500. But if you look at his career, it's so weird, right? He's beaten Tony Ferguson. He beat Dustin Poirier. He's beaten Edson Barboza. But he's lost to guys like Stevie Ray and Reza Madagi and Paul Sass, Jonathan Brookins. A very, very weird career. Very strange. Very inconsistent fighter. Um, and this fight was – it was super close. I'll tell you how I scored it. I had to draw. I gave Michael Johnson the first two rounds, and I gave a 10-8 to Stevie Ray in the third round. I think Johnson kind of lost the fight for himself. He just kind of gave up in the third round. Don't know what happened to this guy. At this point, you got to wonder if the UFC keeps him around if they release him. I think there's a chance they could cut him. He He's still a skilled guy. Don't get me wrong. His striking is pretty good. His boxing is very crisp, but has had a knockout win in three years. And for the most part, he's losing two and five in his last seven fights. So he struggled, to be fair to him. Obviously, lost to a lot of elite guys. But when you're losing to guys like Stevie Ray, that's uh, that's not a good sign. So I think the UFC might release him, but they could give him another fight. It's up in there as far as he goes as well. Stevie Ray, though, I mean, he needed this win. Snap that. He had lost three or four fights, so now he's actually won two or three. It's kind of weird how the fight game works, right? But overall, I still haven't been too impressed with Stevie Ray in the last few years. A guy I was impressed by. I mean, this was a great performance, and he won a bonus. Ben- Benil Darius defeats Crank Kamako first round. Submission rear naked choke. Just a great performance here by Darius. I thought Kamako had a good chance to win. I was completely wrong. Darius showed off that elite ground game once again. He's on a three-fight win streak now. He beat Drew Dober and Kamako by submission. Also, Tiago Moises. Frank Kamako, again, again, I thought he had a good chance to win this fight, but he actually lost. He's lost three of his last four. Still a very fun fighter to watch win or lose, though, kind of like in that same situation. It's Ben Askren where he's struggling uh, to pick up wins, but he's still putting on good fights win or lose, so exciting fights. Um, I think he'll get another fight. But for Darius, this is a great win for him, and it probably puts him in line to fight someone ranked in the top 15. Next up, and this was, for my money, the best performance of the night, Cyril Gaon defeats Dontel Nays, third-round submission with a heel hook at 446 of round three. Incredible submission. Great performance by Gaon. This guy is unbelievable, and I do believe he is a future champion, possibly, in the UFC, at least a contender at this point. I mean, this guy is so talented. 29 years old, 5-0. He's only been fighting as a pro for just over a year, which is insane to me, but in the heavyweight division, there's such an opportunity, and this guy's looked amazing. 5-0. Five stoppage wins, three by submission, two by knockout, four TKO champion, two known in the UFC so far. He is just fantastic. I'm a big fan of this guy, Cyril Gaon. I think he's going to go really far in the sport. Super young, too, at 29. That's young for a heavyweight in the UFC. So this guy's good. Dontel Mays ran into a really tough fight here. I think he'll 
probably get another fight if I had to guess. Um, I think there are some guys at the bottom end of that division he could beat. I think he could be guys like Ty Tuvesa, someone like that. But it's, if fighting someone as talented and as well-rounded as Cyril Garland, just always a bad matchup for Dante Mays. He loses the decision here. Uh, and kicking off the main card, Mazen Salkov really put on a clinic here against Loriano Sturapoli. 3-26, 3-26, 29-28. What a performance here by Salkov. He's looked really good lately as well. Three straight wins. Lost his USC debut and won three straight since then. Uh, guy's very talented. He is older at 35, but he's a very talented guy. And for Storopoli, a little disappointing here by him at 26. He should he had a big age advantage. He should have, I think, been a lot more competitive here, but lost the fight. He's actually uh two and one now in the UFC, so still a winning record. But uh man, I think this was a fight he could have won, and uh he got beat up pretty bad. As far as the prelims go, Mark Brandon Marcos defeated Ashley Yoder of the year split decision. Brandon Marcos continues that streak of win-loss, 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 win-loss. He had that draw mixed in, but for a loss, like, uh, what, 15 fights, she's win-loss, win-loss with the one draw. That's insane to me. So talented fighter, but Brandon Marcos, but so inconsistent. Very, very tough to bet on. I did like her in this spot against Yoder, who's also inconsistent. Yoder is uh, really struggling in the UFC, I think, overall, 2-4. and four. So that's not a great record. She'll probably get another fight. That division's obviously in need of fighters at all times at 115. But uh, Marcos... This is exactly the type of fight she wins. She's a gatekeeper at 115. She won this fight. Raphael Fizia defeats Alex White. You know, decision 29-28, 30-27, 30-27. Picks up his first win in the UFC. And Alex White is another guy. I think he's going to be released. His record in the UFC is just really not good. Four and uh, six. Yeah, he's. I think he's almost surely going to be cut. Mavsar Evlov defeats Enrique Barzola. Evlov is a very talented fighter. I think he's pretty good. He won this fight 29-28. 29-28-30-27. Competitive fight, but he ends up getting the win. Next up, Sergey Pavlich defeats Maurice Green via TKO. First round, 2-11-2 first round. Great win by Pavlich. I picked Green in this fight. I was wrong, obviously. Pavlich is very talented as well. 27 years old. Another young heavyweight. He lost over in his debut. That was such a bad matchup for him, but since then, beat Goldman Green. He's looked really good lately. He's got a lot of KO power. Two straight first round wins. This guy can knock on a lot of people in the UFC heavyweight division. For Maurice Green, Another older guy in the division of 33, but at the same time, I think he's looked pretty good overall besides this fight. Three and one now, so he'll get another fight for sure. Next up, Loma Luke Bunmi defeats Alexander Albee. Split decision, 30-27, 29-28, 30-27. I should say 28-29. Just weird how two judges had 30-27 for Luke Bunmi and then one had 29-28 for Albee. That's just strange to me. Uh, Luke Bunmi is a pretty talented fighter, 23 years old. Obviously, very good striking skills, good ground game as well. Excuse me for the dogs, guys. I, I apologize for that. Um, but, yeah, some, a very talented fighter, and uh, she looked good in this fight, obviously. And then picking up a big upset in the opening bout of the of the uh, prelims, Rafael Pessoa defeats Jeff Hughes via unanimous decision, 30-27 across the board. Surprising result here. I don't think too many people were picking Rafael Pessoa to win this fight, but he looked good, and he, and he got the win. So, overall, a, a pretty solid card. There was a, a couple of good finishes, but a, a lot of decisions as well. We'd like to see some more finishes, but uh, I'm 100% expecting some more finishes this weekend, guys, at UFC 244. I'll be breaking down this card tomorrow with Cole Sheldon at 11 a.m. Eastern, breaking down UFC 244. I cannot wait to do that. And also, I should mention, uh, I believe I uh, will be part of the athletics kind of poll of MMA journalists and pundits of who they believe will win the main event of the evening for UFC 244. So they asked, they reached out to me and they asked me to send in a preview. And so I did, and I sent my prediction in. So I'm excited about that, making my athletic debut. So that should be pretty cool. All right, let's talk about Bellator now because there's two Bellator cards. So I'm going to go through them too. Uh, Bellator 232 was the more important card. So I'm going to start with Bellator 232. 
And then we'll go to Bellator 231. So Bellator 232, main event of the evening. Douglas Lima defeats Rory McDonald. Unanimous decision 49-46, 50-45, 50-45 to claim the UFC welterweight championship. Excuse me, the Bellator welterweight championship, the Bellator welterweight grand prix title, and also $1 million grand prize. So, uh, man, I'm so happy for Douglas Lima. I've always liked Douglas Lima. He is a great fighter. I've been a fan of his for years. I remember watching him at MFC. They used to have that on Access TV years ago. I used to watch him fight. He fought in uh, Canada a bunch of times, fought in Windsor, Ontario at one of the first cards in MMA, MFC 29, beat Terry Martin, their former UFC fighter. Then he went to Bellator. I've seen him fight in Bellator Casino Ram in Ontario. I've always been a big fan of Douglas Lima. I love the guy. Incredible fighter. If he was in the UFC, I think he'd go really far in the welterweight division. So well-rounded, great striking, uh, great wrestling, great chin. He's just a fantastic fighter. He really is. So just one of the best guys in the world right now. Three-time Bellator welterweight champion now. He's actually won three tournaments in Bellator. And again, he's a million-dollar winner now. So I couldn't be happier for Douglas Lima. Great guy, great fighter. Uh, when I met him at UFC uh, 231 last year in Toronto, I met him backstage. He was there for the Diego Lima's fight against Chad LaPriest. Super nice guy. I was up with Sherdog at the time. Took a couple pictures with him for Sherdog. Uh, talked to him for Sherdog. He was awesome. So I'm really happy about Douglas Lima. Great guy. And... Uh, Man, he's he's looked amazing in Bellator. Three straight wins now. Rory McDowell, Michael Page, Andre Koroskov ran through ran the table through that tournament. And according to uh, Scott Coker, next in line for him is Lawrence Larkin, who will be fighting at the New Year's Eve card against Ryzen. Uh, Larkin wins that fight. Scott Coker says he'll be next in line to fight Douglas Lima. So I'm looking forward to that rematch. We did see that fight in June 2017. Lima won that fight, but a couple years later, who knows what the difference will be? I think Larkin stylistically actually matches up well with Lima. He might have lost that fight then, but uh, this could be a different fight now. Although, obviously, I think everyone's going to be picking Lima to win that fight. As far as McDonald goes, very disappointing his performance here. I, I did not think he did not much in this fight. He just looked very gun-shy. And at this point, you have to say he's on decline. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's uh, one. Overall, in Bellator, he's actually three, two, and one. But in his last four, he's just one, two, and one. So he struggled. And the John Fitch fight, I think, was definitely uh, a bad performance by him. You look good against Demon Crazy. People were writing him off there. You look good in that fight. But this fight, he didn't do much. He just kind of got picked apart for the whole fight. He got all wrestled. Just a poor performance for Roy McDonald. You know, he's still only 30. He's still young. But at this point, I think he's taking a lot of damage in his career. I, I just don't feel like he'll ever live up to the hype that a lot of us had uh, earlier in his career where most people thought he'd be a UFC champion. He never accomplished that. But he was a Bellator champion. He did beat with Douglas Lima. Maybe we'll see the trilogy one day, but uh, I believe this was the last fight in his deal. And at this point, you have to wonder, does Bellator bring him back? Does he go back to the UFC? Does he go to PFL? Does he retire? It's hard to say. I mean, at this point, it's very hard to say. I think he probably does fight again for Bellator, um, but he might take some time off. I think after fighting three times this year, kind of questioning his motivation, I think he should take some time off, but yeah, I just I just didn't think he to put on a good performance here. But you can't forget this guy does have a win over Lima. He beat Tyron Woodley, beat Davy Maya, so he had some great wins. Nate Diaz as well, some great wins in his career, but uh, really struggled in this fight. Paul Daly looked amazing, knocking out Sadawat. To be fair, Sadawat took the fight on like what four or five days' notice at a catchweight, so you got to give uh, a lot of credit for stepping up. But Daly looked amazing in this fight. That left hook still knocking guys out all these years later. Thirty six years old, thirty six young. He's looked good. He's looked really good lately. And uh, I think he's probably very close to getting a title shot. Probably needs one more win. But he's very, he's right behind Larkin. Even though he did knock on Larkin, which I think a lot of people are like, hey, if he knocked on Larkin, why isn't he getting a title shot? But, you know, that fight was a couple of years ago now. Um, I'm okay with Larkin getting a title shot. But I think Daly's right there. Patrick Mix looked amazing uh, winning uh, by submission over Asaya Chapman by Sulov stretch. 
great submission. This guy's so good. Really, really dangerous guy. Uh, he's got to be up there for a title shot right now as well. Manny Miro pulls off a big upset here against Nick Newell. 29-28, 27-29, 29-28. He was a plus 500 underdog. You know, I like Nick Newell a lot, but really, why was he minus 700 in this fight? That's kind of excessive in my opinion. I know he's looked good lately, but Nick Newell still, he's still not an elite guy. So minus 700, I don't know who was laying that kind of juice on him, but I wouldn't have did that. It's not like I would have bet on Burrow either, but there's no way I would have laid minus 700 on Nick Newell. So if you if you bet on him, I mean, you're asking for trouble, I think. Miro pulls off a big upset, and Kevin Ferguson Jr. defeats Craig Campbell via uh, first round stoppage. Kevin Ferguson Jr. really needed this win, uh, bouncing back from that loss to Corey Browning. 4 and 2 record now in Bellator. Still a pretty good prospect. So overall, I, th I think there were some talking points in this card. Not an amazing card by any means, but definitely a, a few good finishes uh, overall. Um, and a much better card, I think, than the Bellator 231 card, which I think had some issues. The main event between Frank Mir and Roy Nelson. Frank Mir wins the fight. Unanimous decision, 30-27, 28-28, 29-28. Just a terrible fight, though. I mean, both guys really are at the end of the careers. Frank Mir, you got to give him credit. Came with a good game plan. That leg kick was really – the inside leg kick was really working well on Roy Nelson here. Snapped a four-fight uh, losing streak. After losing to Habayala by TKO, I thought he was completely done. But he looked good in this fight, I guess. I mean, the thing is, Roy Nelson is – at this point, on a four-fight losing streak himself, and he's really struggled as well. I think Roy, at this point, could potentially be thinking about retirement. 43 years old, and he's super old now. Uh, Scott Coker, I think, has kind of hinted at that as well. So just a bad fight. I mean, again, Frank, you got to give him some credit here for putting on a good game plan, but just not a great fight by either guy. Phil Davis had an amazing performance here, though. This was a great performance by Phil Davis defeating Carl Albrechtson via third-round stoppage. At the same time, I mean, I thought he was going to dominate this fight from the get-go. I know a lot of people were giving this Albrechtson guy too much credit, I think. Phil Davis is still a great fighter. I mean, yes, he's not a champion. He hasn't won a championship uh, in the UFC. He has won it in Bellator, but, you know, he's still a great fighter, and I'm not surprised at all he won this fight. So good for Phil Davis. Uh, and I expect him to be maybe one fight away from a title shot. Hard to say at this point. He's lost to Ryan Bader twice, but he's got to be up there. Next up, Ed Ruth defeats Jason Jackson via split decision 29-28, 28-29, 29-28. I thought Jackson had a really good chance to win this fight. I think people were just kind of counting him out, but you know, Ed Ruth gets a not very, very close fight. I think it could have went either way, but a very close fight, very good fight, very fun fight. So good, good fight for both guys. Uh, Ed Ruth moves on, but uh, Jason Jackson shouldn't hang his head. This was a good fight. Iliar Joanne defeats Beck Rollins via submission with a knee bar. You don't see that too often, obviously, in women's MMA with a knee bar. Second round submission. I did pick her in this fight. Joanne is the dog. I thought Rawlings, uh, as a minus 500 fighter, she's 7-9 now in MMA. You can't bet late juice on her. So, again, you're laying juice on Beck Rawlings. You're asking for trouble when she loses this fight. Nobody up the main card. Jake Hager defeats – excuse me. There was a no contest here between Jake Hager and Anthony Garrett. First round uh, groin strike. Man, that was a brutal knee by J.K. Goran Garrett. So uh, obviously the fans were booing. People weren't happy the fight was called off. But this guy took such a nasty going strike, and I can't blame him for not being able to uh, survive that. It was a nasty, nasty going strike. So uh, no contest, and honestly, just disappointing both guys. Just not a great fight, and, and maybe they'll run it back, but do we need to see that again? I don't know. I'd just like to see J.K. Hager fight someone decent. Like He keeps fighting these guys that are really not on his level, and he should fight someone that, that's decent. But in this fight, honestly – who knows how it could have went if it went past the first round because Hager was having trouble taking Garrett down. If he can't get the takedown, he could be in serious trouble in this career. So I don't know, just an overall disappointing fight. Uh, of the two cards, I think the Altor 232 was the better card. Uh, but overall, I, I still think the UFC had probably the best card of the weekend. Um, all right, a couple other things here. 
Uh, Nate Diaz is fighting at UFC 244. It's official. It's cleared. He's cleared by USADA. Now, this obviously raises a lot of uh, just controversy because there's so many fighters in the past that have not got the same, I think, leniency by USADA that, uh, that Nate Diaz had. Like, Josh Barnett has been on his social media really just not happy about this decision because Josh Barnett lost over a year and a half of his career. Actually, Josh Barnett's not even fighting anytime soon. Squawk Hooker said he will not be fighting at Ryzen, uh, the Ryzen Beltor card at the end of the year, which I was surprised by. I mean, Barnett seemed to be uh, waiting for that card to go back and make his return to Saitama Super Arena, but he will not be fighting on that card. So Josh Barnett's lost a lot of time in his career because of this USADA thing. And uh, listen, I, I'm happy the fight's happening. It'd it just be nice to see the rules applied fairly to all the fighters. Uh, don't get me wrong. This is a big money fight. I understand why. Uh, they t make a special exception for this fight with Nate Diaz. And I think we all know this guy's a clean fighter. We all knew who he was, but it's just kind of funny that he was cleared so quickly. But other guys, uh, like Sean O'Malley's another guy. He's still out there. You know, like I said, Josh Barnett. Uh, Tim Beans was a guy that lost time in his career. Yoel Romero. All these guys were eventually exonerated, but it took them a while. With Nate Diaz, it was like a few days later. So don't get me wrong. I'm excited about this fight. I can't wait for this fight. I understand why this happened, why he was cleared so quickly, but... It's just kind of strange that there's so many other fighters that have had to wait, but Nate Diaz gets uh, kind of a pass here. Um, again, it's not his fault. He took a contaminated substance. They found a substance, uh, and that company, I think they should probably get sued. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can see why guys like Josh Burnett are very upset about this. All right, a couple of fight announcements here. Uh, these cards are not announced yet. So 2019, they have – obviously been making some fights like McGregor's next fight will be in, excuse me, in 2020 um, McGregor's next fight, a couple other fights, but there's no cards officially announced. So these fights do not have cards attached to them, but they are some decent fights. Nasser Hackprast will fight Drew Dober and a card to be in 2020 Hackprast, obviously one of the best prospects in the lightweight division looked really good. 11 and two in his career, three and one in the UFC coming off a great win over Yoko Silva uh, before that, a fight of the night against Tebow Kuti. It's funny, though, because he I remember a few weeks ago, I, I talked about the show. He's like, oh, I'm fighting a ranked opponent next, or a big fight or something. Now he's fighting Drew Dober. I mean, Drew Dober's a decent fighter, but come on. Probably close to being a ranked guy. Uh, Drew Dober has won four his last five, though. He has looked pretty good. Coming off a knockaway over Marco Polo Reyes. I, I still got to like Hack Pross. Should be a good fight, but I think Hack Pross has a good chance to probably knock Dober out. Although Dober has got a really good chin. And the other fight that's uh, been announced is Nate Landwar versus Herbert Burns, the brother of Gilbert Burns. And Gilbert Burns, by the way, he was there in Singapore and and he's like, oh, I took a 20 hour flight home to Miami and I want to fight again this week. This guy's just a, a savage. I love Gilbert Burns. But uh, yeah, Nate Landwar. He's, uh, I believe, an M1 champion. He's looked really good lately. 31 years old, 13 2 record. He's actually on a six-fight win streak. He's a guy that a lot of people were talking about as someone who could come to the UFC for a little while now. A lot of experience. And like I said, an M1 champion. He's looked really good in M1. So this is a good signing by the UFC. I'm excited about this. And takes out Herbert Burns, who I think is another really good signing by the UFC. Herbert Burns is a very talented guy. Again, the brother of Gilbert Burns, 9-2 record. He won on the Contender Series to earn a UFC deal. beat Derek Winner. That was a fight you should have won. He's on a three-fight winning streak overall. He's lost twice in his career. Uh, one fight to the Kabuliev, who's in uh, PFL, and the other guy to uh, Idzorov, who's also I think in PFL. So uh, he has a couple of good wins in his career. Timothy Nasiukin, that's the guy that knocked out Eddie Alvarez and won. Also, Honario Bonario, who's a really talented fighter there as well. So he's a pretty talented guy. I think this should be a really fun fight. Honestly, I don't even know who's going to win because I think Landwar is very, very dangerous too. So a very good fight here. Like the like the signing by the uh, UFC for both guys. Again, card 2BA, 2BD. So we have no idea when this card is going to take place, but I'm assuming in the early part of 2020. At 
at this point, it's the end of October. So I think they will start announcing the early 2020 calendar for the UFC. So it's crazy, right? The year's gone by really fast, guys. But yeah, 2019 is almost over. And then we're at 2020. And uh, we'll have a lot of cards there, including the Conor McGregor card. And there's a rumor out there that Tyron Woodley uh, could be fighting. Who was it again? And it's almost said these yesterday. Uh, Leon Edwards. Apparently, there's a rumor that Leon Edwards could be fighting Tyron Woodley on the same card as Conor McGregor as a co-main event. So that's interesting. That's a good fight. It makes a lot of sense, too. Winner of that fight probably gets a title shot at uh, 170 against the winner of Colby. And Usman, although I think Nate Diaz and Mazadol, depending on how that fight goes, which should be great, probably gets uh, that next title shot. It's hard to say at this point, though. All right, guys. I think that's it for today's show. I really appreciate you tuning in, as always. Again, you guys can follow me on Twitter at MMAdamMartin. Always there talking about MMA. So don't hesitate to follow me and give me a show on Twitter. This podcast is available at MMAoddsbreaker.com. YouTube.com slash MAOddsbreaker, Spotify, SoundCloud, and now it's available on iTunes. So please go subscribe to the podcast, guys. I'd really appreciate that. And uh, once again, guys, thanks for tuning in to the, today's podcast. I'll be back tomorrow with a normal show at 10 a.m. Eastern, breaking down the latest news in May, and then a second show at 11 a.m. with my buddy Cole Sheldon, breaking down UFC 244. Thanks a lot, guys, for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow. Have a good one, guys. Bye.